Well, hello. Welcome to this one month anniversary episode of the Sport Fanatics podcast. J. Mike actually brought that to my attention last night. So sure did. Yeah, sure did. I I, I came across that on our Spotify. Oh, on the Spotify page. Yeah, like yeah. The, the Spotify form of of uh, where our podcast is is on. So. And which I always share us on Spotify anyway, right. but but anyway, I was scrolling down yesterday because I was telling somebody about the podcast and, and, and where they could tune in to listen to us. And it just so happened that one month ago, we started our very first episode of the Sport Fanatic podcast. So how coincidental that it's worked out that now episode 9 on July 16th, 2021 marks the 1 month anniversary. Uh today we'll talk about the Bucks winning that just incredible game 4 to tie up the series and mention the MLB All-Star game and maybe a few other little stories around the MLB, but for now, here's the theme. Happy anniversary! Okay, well, I'm excited to start off with this NBA game. The Suns and Bucks, game four, the NBA Finals. Bucks pulled off just a gritty win. Best game of the series by far, Chris. Oh, definitely. Uh, 109 to 103. Honestly, that score doesn't even iterate just how close this game was going down that last stretch. Uh, I remember I said on Monday that I thought that this might be about a double-digit win for the Bucks. That was definitely wrong, but the Bucks did win. Uh, yeah, they're just right now they're unbeatable on on home court. Just about with that that one loss coming to the let's see, I believe it was the Hawks last uh, series. I believe or the, so. net, or the Nets. I'll double check. Real but quick. I, I believe it was the Hawks. So now, Chris, they are nine and one in Milwaukee during these NBA playoffs. Yeah, that's just or this NBA playoff run, I should say that they've and that, that loss was was to Hawks to the okay, Hawks. I, it was one sixteen to one thirteen, so really close. Yes, but. It, that was the one loss. So yeah, they, you know, they they pull that one out. They're looking like a, they're looking like the two thousand and seven New York Giants that won ten straight oh. road games. <laughs> yeah. Except Milwaukee would have won ten straight home games, but yeah. that that's still just an incredible feat that those two thousand and seven New York Giants won ten straight on the road. Yeah, that that was an incredible streak, and 
this streak that the Bucks have going, this performance at home is just about equally as incredible. I want to talk about those those last few minutes real quick and then get into the, the stats a bit. But that was just uh, the end of that game. It was anybody's game. And then Giannis has that just such a clutch play when he blocked that shot. Yeah, they Devin Booker tried to yeah. alley-oop it to Aiton, and Giannis read it beautifully. Yeah, and that you know that was a huge turnaround. And then and what, that that block also had you reminiscing of LeBron's block on Iguodala. Oh. In the 2016 Game 7 NBA Final between the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, definitely makes you think of that. And then, fast forward a bit, the game got sealed with that uh, steal by Holiday. And then, uh, yeah. you know, not quite an open court, but... <laughs> They you know ran down and gave it to Middleton and he he got that that clutch shot to really seal the deal for the Bucks and that that just stuck in my mind because the game was so close and anybody's at that moment until those two plays happened and that just really shows the Bucks' ability to make the plays at home to win these games something they desperately needed to do when once upon a time they were down 0-2 in this series. Yeah. And as we've stated before, hey, look, don't be surprised if Milwaukee gets back in the thick of things, tying this series up after game four. That's exactly what they did the other night. So Yeah, the, uh, the, the Suns weren't able to steal one of these games. The momentum – and the favoritism has now switched to Milwaukee uh, big time. Yeah, huge momentum for them. It's just, it, as I said Monday, it's like now the Suns go home with their heels dragging a bit here. They've got to they've got to settle themselves and, and try to get back in the groove. They do, and in this series, we know without a shadow of a doubt that the home team has won each game. So, yes, the, the Suns should be favored in game five, but I just don't like what I'm seeing from from a couple of guys on the Suns knowing that they have to give it everything they have Yeah, because of, as we've touched on, lack of depth on their bench – right now well and for them last night i mean booker had an amazing performance or the night before last booker had a great performance oh yeah and he's he's now the he now has the most points scored by a player in his first nba postseason oh wow so that's interesting yeah i didn't know he's come on strong and especially in, in game four it's just that he had just about no help i mean 10 points from chris paul yeah 10 points seven assists and five turnovers 
He now has 15 turnovers in the last three games. Yeah, those that's, those turnovers are killer. That's and and especially the one that you just touched on here recently, Chris, with the Drew Holiday steal. Yeah, another Chris Paul turnover. That was absolutely huge within the final final minute or so in that in that tight game the other night. Yeah, because. I mean, that, that's the, that that cannot happen, right? That's, that cannot happen. That's a moment where, as I said earlier, the game can swing you the way, and a, a steal then is just so detrimental. And I hate to say it, Chris, but we're starting to see the the old Chris Paul from the Los Angeles Clipper days. All of a sudden, which is not not good, not good here. Especially when he's only he's he's just two games away from winning his first NBA championship. Now I know, I know he doesn't have other guys stepping up for him as well. As for instance, Mikael Bridges, he did not have a performance like he did in Game Two. Right, and and you know from. Guys like Bridges and Crowder really need to step it up. Well, and it, that's true. I mean, obviously that would help a lot. But the thing is, and when he does have some help, like he did with from Booker last night, with or again the night before last, with that incredible game, forty-two points, you, you can't turn it over like that. Like yeah. if, if if he had just had a an average game, they probably win that. Just like, exactly, Chris, just like we said in game three, if Booker, who only had a 10-point game as well, I do believe, in game three, if if he scores a lot more, that game is a lot more interesting down the stretch. Right. To but, where to where the Suns Suns might have pulled that out, then they're up three zero quite possibly, and you know if they have a setback, which would have been in Game Four, they're still okay because they're going back to Phoenix with a three one lead, with a great opportunity to to get it done. Yeah, it's almost like they're out of sync. They can't. Yeah, they can't perform at the same time. But yeah, Booker was great in Game Four, and Paul had a great Game Three. It's just not the same not, time and, and not consistent. Right, not consistent when they they have to be consistent to beat this Milwaukee Bucks team. We all we all know this. Oh yeah, because on the other side you have like Giannis had a very average game. I mean, it was a good game, but but pretty average, and. He got a great performance from Middleton with those 40 points and also four assists. I mean, that's a great performance. Maybe not quite as astounding as Booker, but right neck and neck with him. And then add to that Giannis playing a good average game where he did also have eight assists. Which, which is what, what, he need, what he needs to be. If Middleton 
is playing lights yeah. out like he like he did the other night. Well, and they did and, and or Holiday and you also throw in Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, PJ Tucker, you know, those guys. Well, and and that's basically those two did what the Suns needed Chris Paul to do. Like yes. I was just talking about like, you know, Giannis yeah. had that good decent game to complement the just lights out performance that that Middleton was having. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and right now guys are picking up each other on the buck squad, not so much on the Suns all of a sudden. And but I I will say what what I have liked about this year's NBA Finals is the schedule. It gives players enough time to regroup, get them get the and, and get themselves in, in, you know, fairly good shape heading into the the following game. Well and that's gotta be helping the Suns with as thin as they are yes. the fact they can recoup. Yeah, I I know they definitely they they definitely need it and appreciate it, but still so if if Booker is is on his game, Chris Paul has got to step it up, it, and and vice versa. Well, and because, yes. because because there is there's there's nobody right now coming off the bench for the Suns that's going to give you production that way. They it sucks, I know, but they they are they are. They've got to rely way too heavily on their starters. And it's something that's not – sometimes it's, it's not a good recipe, especially in a, in a championship series like this. But when everything's on the line, when a championship is at stake, if those guys want it bad enough – they're going to step it up and 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 do whatever they have to do to win a championship. And the Suns have not done that in these past two games. The Bucks are now looking like the team that wants it more. Yeah, now now they're the cohesive unit that's which yes. that was their MO before, like in the last series, was how well they were playing as that unit and it's continuing we're seeing it again after these home games. And and we we noticed how that came together for them during the Brooklyn Net series where they were down 3 games to 2 and won 2 in a row. To so, win to win that win that series in 7 on the road. Mm-hmm. Then they play a very good young Atlanta Hawks squad that it looked like Milwaukee Milwaukee had that series wrapped up and Atlanta just has that great game four from the field shooting wise. But the Bucks once again win two straight to win that series. Now in this series they fall but they fall behind two games, but they win two in a row to tie up the series. So now you're in a best of three, and we know we we know that these three series 
They have won two games in a row. And they have won a game seven on the road. Oh, yeah, so, that's true. They have that history. So that's that's why, yeah, I mean, yes, the, the, the Suns should be favored in game five. But for the rest of this series, the Milwaukee Bucks are the ones that are favored, in my honest opinion. Well, and, and here's the interesting thing, sort of to add another twist to that. For much of that game, Phoenix looked like the better team. Uh, or they looked like they were having the better game. I'm not going to say they were the better team because they were having such a lights-out performance from, uh, from, Booker from Booker alone. But they looked like – I mean, they had the lead for, for a great portion there thanks to him. So it looked like uh, even though maybe they weren't the better team, they were – in a good position, I'll put it that way. To, oh no doubt, to rely on Booker to get that win for him, no doubt. And to, to defensive sort of, plays, yeah, by the Milwaukee Bucks. And I have stated this before, Chris, that Milwaukee is good on both ends of the floor. Used defense to win that game for. Yeah, well, and and fitting into that. The Suns actually shot well. Like, if you look at this on paper, just percentage-wise, you would think that the Suns probably won because they shot 51.3% versus the Bucks 40.2%. But, of course, the difference is, and they were even better with three-point and free-throw shooting, but the difference is yes. the Bucks had so many more opportunities right. for shots. Like, right. the, the Bucks had 97 shots, the Suns had 78 turnovers yes turnovers as we as we touched on yeah and the the bucks defense even though they maybe maybe they could have contested more shots especially from booker they got those turnovers just right when they needed them it was so huge and also they don't they don't have another guy behind ayton to slow down those hog mollies as I like to call them in the paint <laughs> so Milwaukee's getting to the line a, a very very good bit here oh, yeah. in this series especially Giannis Antetokounmpo they had they had 10 more free throw tries than the Suns and the, and and they won by six yeah and they, they shot well too from the free throw line they were 24 for 29 so and of course huge of course, the the game was tied at ninety nine. Bucks took that two point lead, and then that's whenever the defense for the Bucks rose to the occasion. Oh yeah, both. I mean, both and of, and got it done to tie this series up. Now you're in a best of three. We all know that defense wins you championships. So, Bucks keep making these huge defensive plays down down the stretches of these remaining three because you and I both probably agree that this is going seven. Yeah. The, the, way, the way that this has gone so far, this is definitely going seven because Milwaukee has only lost once at home. They'll get a game six back in Milwaukee. Phoenix plays lights out at home as well. They could very easily find a way to win game five if it if it's tight. But 
if the if the Bucks defensive strategy keeps doing what they did in game four alone and they're, and they're also doing a, a a fairly fairly good job of of scoring from the field and and, and keeping up with the suns if, if if they're having a pretty good shooting night yeah then Milwaukee is your NBA champion at the end of this thing well and that's the nice thing about having a good defense like that as last as as I mean th- those were some huge stops Chris right no as, doubt as game four proved all you've got to do is sort of keep yourself within range there yeah and then you know have a couple of great defensive plays and all of a sudden the game's yours you've got all the momentum in the game you do you sure do and but I've said it before and I'll say it again when those guys are clicking together for the Milwaukee Bucks squad the Suns have to have a good night shooting just to keep up with them and they they did that but Milwaukee was able to get those those big defensive stops take game 4 and if this thing continues with Milwaukee they are they're they're going to be NBA champions there's there's no doubt in my mind mm-hmm. but you you uh you want to see Chris Paul step it up and I'll I'll say one more thing before we wrap up this game four summary the game five winner Chris wins the NBA title 72 percent of the time oh wow okay the last team to lose game five of the NBA finals when the series was tied two games to two and win the NBA championship were those 2013 Miami Heat that we talked about here recently so so may we 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 might be having some deja vu i i, I certainly would like it cuz that nba finals was incredible yeah that was an, a, especially an that game that game series. 6 that game 6 was that was an incredible finish yeah there so well and it's it's kind of i mean obviously i agree with you this is going to go 7 games but this, we called that before the series started we thought that this would likely go 7 games and I'm feeling even better about that now. Oh, yeah. So we shall see if the Suns return to their home court dominance in game five. That will be tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on ABC. So we talked about it Tuesday. All-star game was Tuesday night. The American League ended up winning 5-2. to two. Over the National League. A common occurrence. Yeah, it's uh, eight years in a row now. That is correct. And dominating the All-Star game the American League has. I just sounded like Yoda there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they've won. I mean, they've been on a tear really since the late 80s. Oh, oh yeah. I, I remember in the early 2000s they had that stretch there for a while then the national league finally won it and now the american league has started a new 
a new winning streak here. Which, which that's those streaks are interesting because there's been like three main streaks, kind of like the American League dominated at the beginning up until the fifties, basically, and then in the sixties and seventies, the National League just won almost every year. They started their own streak to the point where they had. Let me look here real quick. The National League in 1987 had an advantage of 37 wins to 20 losses in the All Star wow. game. That's that's how much of a streak they went on in those in the 60s and 70s and early 80s. But now with the win this week, the American League has a 46 to 43 to <laughs> advantage. So it's they just have, like these crazy they have, streaks. They have roar, roared all the way back. And it's, yeah. it's definitely, it's definitely been a, a trend of, of streaks for sure. And I'm not sure why that happens. Like, I don't, I don't know why one league will suddenly perform so much better than of course it's just one yeah. game every year when they had two in the 60s which I, for a while i but. predicted the american league winning tuesday night we just felt like that lineup was better and, and it was it sure was as vladimir guerrero jr became the youngest all-star game mvp ever that was a well and he had a great that home run was a uh no moonshot yeah. No, I mean, he absolutely tattooed that one. Shohei Otani was the winning pitcher, and he joined Hideo Nomo back in 1995 as the only Japanese-born pitchers to start the All-Star game. Oh, okay. Yeah, you thought it would have been more than that, honestly, but... Okay. And then, so, Otani was your winning pitcher. The save went to Liam Hendricks. I called that one. Yeah, you did. Yeah, the White Sox pitcher went out and got, got the, the job save. done. And never would have never known that Chapman was there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just got to chill. Yep. And and so, how about this this international success in baseball, where the winning pitcher is Japanese, the closer gets the save. He's from Australia, <laughs> and your MVP is from the Dominican Republic. Uh, so this game has, uh, it, I mean, it's always been global, but it's it's nice to see on a big stage like that where international yes. players are are really putting on a show yeah there's a lot of international representation in the mlb these days no doubt and it's hard for me to decide uh i don't know who has the better international representation between baseball and basketball they're both pretty close uh, and and what i mean is they're also popular overseas like you know basketball is really popular in other countries but baseball is too of course i mean the 
I think the the Japanese baseball league is is probably one of the best international leagues of no an American sport. Yes, traditionally American sport that that I can think of, like even more so than most international basketball leagues or anything. That that Japanese baseball league is, is special. The the Nippon League, I think it's called. I guess that's how you, I don't know how you say it. It it's, properly. it's something. Yeah, it's Nippon it, Nippon. Uh, I, I would say but that's yeah. fairly close, fairly <laughs> close, Chris. But just some some international success going on in the twenty twenty one All Star Game. But yeah, I mean a great game, of course, for Guerrero Junior. Uh, also, uh, Bogarts had a good game. He had two hits. Yeah, I just I just really liked that that Kevin Cash starting lineup that he rolled out there. Well, and it, it struck early. Second and third yes. inning, they, they got some runs in. And so. I, I love the fact that Cash let Otani pitch for one inning, but then he yanked him real quick because Otani is having a MVP-like season, and I just – Hope, hope, and pray that he stays healthy in this second half, and he will end up being the American League in, MVP yeah. for sure. He's just, but I love that decision to just let him have his let let him have his his moment and his inning on the mound and his at bat and the at bat and, and yeah. take him out of there. Because I'd you he's some he actually ended up having two at bats, but yeah, I'd hate to see his season get derailed because it's just he's having an amazing year and. Myself as a as a huge Cub fan that I am, Chris Bryant had two opportunities to make it a one run game or oh, to yeah. tie the ball game up. Two opportunities with two outs. He struck out swinging the first chance he got. I believe it was a three two count, and then Chris. On a three and O count, he decides to green light himself and smacks the ball to left field where the left fielder just made a oh great, great catch, I might add. To, that, that was the defensive to, play of the game. No doubt about it, to to really save that game from very well being tied. Because if I remember correctly, Chris, the bases were loaded in the bottom half of that inning when Bryant stepped to the plate. Yeah, if they weren't, I know that there was somebody on second and third for sure. I I, I can't remember either. But yeah, it was uh so I'm of course I'm I'm sitting <laughs> sitting there watching Chris Bryant come up the bat and it just doesn't get it done and I'm like, "Well, it almost feels indicative shoot. of the Cubs season, unfortunately." Yes, because as of as of right now, not only is their starting pitching struggling, but they can't seem to get anything going consistently from their lineup as well. And not a shocker to me, last night news comes out that the Cubs have traded their starting left fielder, Jock Peterson, to the Atlanta Braves for a minor league prospect. Okay. So, if this is indeed selling time for the Chicago Cubs, it has begun. 
as the trade deadline quickly approaches. Well, and I mean, that wouldn't be surprising at all, unfortunately, if if, if they start doing that it's side, in the coming side. weeks. And and it's it's also going to be really emotional for me if it if it does end up happening with a a lot of players being dealt out of Chicago because that of course is the remaining core from that historical 2016 World Series championship team. Right, and I've said this before. I know to you off podcast i can't remember if i said it on the podcast but when they won that world series i kind of expected a lot of those pieces to be there for a while and possibly win another world series or two so it's just unfortunate that that doesn't that's not going to be the case it's not now they did go to three straight oh they got close nlcs's yeah but in 15 they were they were a young team they weren't they weren't ready just yet and they got swept by the Mets in 16 they were ready for sure 2017 unfortunately they played the same ball club that they beat in the previous NLCS and the Los Angeles Dodgers who were not ready in 16 but they they knew what the Cubs were throwing at them in 17 and pretty much dominated that series four games to one. So, yeah, it's just just that, that one magical year was 2016, and, and since then they have they've really hit some bumps in the road, and now it seems – as if the remaining part of that core will be dealt either on or before the the trade deadline. So I yeah. just, I just wanted to I just wanted to touch on that well, since we're we're talking some baseball here on right. this Friday afternoon. Well, and another thing to touch on coming out of the All Star game is the fact that the the Yankees and Red Sox game first game out of the all-star game got postponed because uh yankees had six players test positive for covid uh it's their i think it's the second time they've had issues with this but the players this time uh, aaron judge of course the big name that tested positive but also Gio urshela uh kyle gashioka uh then also what's, some what's crazy about it is is Judge started the All Star game, yeah, for the he, American League. He was there, so hopefully and, and no he, one else. And I, I do remember him being walked and make making that making that jog down to first base where he's next to Freddie Freeman. And of course he he he's taller than Freddie Freeman. I remember Freeman being mic'd, and uh, Joe Buck Joe Buck is asking him, "Hey, you got you got this big fellow coming down the line?" And Freddie Freeman's like, "Oh gosh." <laughs> yeah, I I I didn't want him coming over here because it it's gonna make me look short when when I've been the tall one on my Atlanta Braves uh-huh. squad for years. Yeah, so uh, Aaron Judge is just a giant man. Well, yeah, he looks like he'd be a football my player. Gosh, uh, but then the there are also three relievers: uh, Jonathan Loesiga, 
or Loaziga, or as as the fans like to call him, Lasagna, because it's easier. Nestor Cortez Jr. and Wandy Peralta. So those are the six players ended up kind of postponing the game. Uh, they are going to play today, though. Saw that. Thank goodness. Which uh, makes I- sense if everybody else tests negative. In the following days, just bring up. Well, you mentioned this before the podcast. Oh yeah, minor leaguers and things to fill in the the holes. Exactly. That that's another reason why you have a minor league system in place. Is you're already playing 162 games a season. You're going to have a multitude of injuries, and of course, you're constantly bringing up. players from your farm system whenever that does happen so now now you're dealing with with this virus why not why not use it to your advantage in that way as well and 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 also why not give these these up-and-coming young stars quite possibly just a a day in the sun just just let, let them let them have let them have their day in the sun and if they break out then you you can say hey look we've got we've got somebody here on our hands that that could that might could help us here in the future we might be on to something here and and then when these guys get back from quarantine or or, or whatever yeah then you have a decision to make on your hands whether you want to send them back down to the minors. Because let me tell you, Chris, that's actually happened to my Chicago Cubs. Now, I'm not talking COVID-related, but injury-related. And they've brought up these guys from AAA Iowa, Patrick Wisdom, who leads the Cubs in home runs. And he wasn't even on the opening day roster, Chris. <laughs> They've also brought up a guy that has been a utility guy for them, or a platoonman, as I like to call it, in Sergio Alcantara, who is a infielder by trade. But you see him, you see David Ross plugging him in at second base, shortstop, third base, and some outfield slots as well so well that's the nice thing about baseball is you have you have you have that in place yeah and i mean the same thing has happened with the yankees the past few years i mean they've had so many injuries they've brought up prospects that oh yeah ended up staying with the team or or being good trading tools no doubt sanchez sanchez is from the yankees farm system Urshela is from the Yankees oh, yeah. farm system. Yep. Judge is from the Yankees farm system. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, y'all took my boy Glaber Torres in yeah. that trade. Yeah. Took that from y'all's farm system in, in the Chapman trade. So yeah, he and 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 as we all know, everybody's got to start somewhere. But and. My gosh! Look at the Tampa Bay Rays and what they've done to their farm system. That's they're that, just churning them out, man. Exactly. That's pretty. That's pretty much everybody on their team is from their farm system. Just about. Uh, besides Glasnow, who they got in a trade with the Pirates in that that Chris Archer trade, which was a phenomenal trade, by the way, and it ended up helping out Tampa Bay because. 
nobody has even heard from Chris Archer these days. Yeah. He's not as dominant as he once was. And so Tampa Bay got a steal from that trade. And I believe they still have Mike Zanino, the former Florida great at catcher. He started his career in the Seattle Mariners minor league system. So, I mean, with of course, of course, when injuries happen, you're going you're you're going to have to bring those guys up. But why not do why not do it the same way with oh, yeah. COVID? I mean, this is just uh, and, an and, injury and, and in you, a way. And and you know this, this is that's your team. They they're already way behind here in the American League East. So why not why not get the future already established? Yeah, it may not be the worst thing in the world to to get the young guys a chance to play. And who knows, they might light a spark in this season. And, and you guys might end up finally beating Boston this yeah, season. That'd be nice. And then, yeah. and, and then the Tampa Bay Rays are like, thank you very much, because they're on her heel. They're nipping at her yeah. heels right now, which th- that'll be a fascinating finish between those two teams in the American League East. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess to put a button on this, the key is, of course, that you still got to make sure that it's not spreading amongst your team and then possibly to right. other teams. And it helps that the Yankees are one of the teams that, have relaxed protocols because they're at least a 85% vaccinated. I believe that's what the threshold okay. is. Okay. So, and that of course theoretically means that even the players who do end up getting it, they should have a lighter, less serious case of it, especially since they're younger guys. So, you know, hopefully they'll be back soon. And of course no one will have disastrous cases of it like that oh i forgot his name the red sox pitcher last year who he never even got to play because it was he had such lasting effects from the illness but now now obviously it would suck if y'all were contenders oh yeah i mean that'd be really unfortunate but yeah but since y'all are not let these guys go ahead and have their day yeah and and Bring up the minor leaguers and make sure that no one else has it that is still not spreading. And sure, bring up the minor leaguers because, because, and let's because, see what they do. Because like like I've I've seen with the Cubs out of uh, Wisdom and Alcantara, you might have somebody somebody that that you weren't even expecting. Just like you said, give you a spark, show you something to where okay, well. This guy is definitely going to be a part of our future going forward. So, yeah, you have you have the minor league system. You take advantage of it. Oh yeah, they- that because that's what it's there for, and and that's what that's also what I love about major league baseball is is you have those farm systems in place, and take the situation and make the best out of it you can. You and I. You and I, of course, are not Braves and Brewers fans, but that's all we have here in the state of Mississippi, and/or Cardinal fans, with the Memphis Redbirds yeah, Memphis being real close, the AAA affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals. But you and I have have been to been to games and in, in all three of those ballparks, and we we've seen some we've seen a lot of guys have come up 
through those minor league systems. So that's that's really all, always a joy to me to get to see the the next generation of yeah of future stars in the league. I kind of hate I was too young to really care to watch Albert Pujols when he was with the Redbirds yeah. in Memphis. Yeah, he actually before. he actually hit a walk-off home run to win the Pacific League championship. Oh, okay. Then of course, <laughs> St. Louis came calling right after that. Yeah. <laughs> no brainer there, but that worked out for him. But that that that's just what I love about Major League Baseball is that they have that minor league system intact because you sure as heck don't have it in football and basketball. In basketball, you have a no. G League, but let me tell you, there's not you're not seeing guys from the G League making NBA rosters. No, and basically minor league. It's very, very, very seldom these days. <laughs> minor league for the NFL is basically just college. Yes. I mean, I know that, like, you know, the Canadian Football League exists yes. or whatever, and, but it's basically and just college. Or, right, and or working out guys that have yet to be signed or they haven't played in a couple of years. And yeah. they're and they're trying they're trying to give it another run like practice squad right guys trying to come yeah. on exactly practice squad guys yeah. uh, Brandon Jacobs for instance he wants to he wants to return to the NFL now as a defensive end huh okay that would be interesting after he he played great at running back for the Giants yeah that I'm, Super Bowl run in 07. how old is he at this point though. Jeez. He he's he's got to be at least forty, clo- or dang near close to it. But I gotta check real quick. But yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, Chris, he is trying to make a comeback, but as a defensive end, this go around quite possibly. Which I mean, my goodness, he always had the size. <laughs> oh yeah, to play play Huge defensive dude. end. He's thirty nine, so you called he's almost forty. I I thought so. I I thought I had huh. seen that right, but I mean, he still looks like he's in pretty good shape and everything. So no maybe, doubt, maybe he'll get a chance. But yeah, so the, and, and and doesn't doesn't the second half start today? The baseball a baseball major league base, doesn't the second half start today? If uh, I'm not mistaken, I think it technically maybe last night. But I guess everybody today, maybe the maybe the Yankees and Red Sox were going to start a day early or something. I don't, I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. But okay. but yeah, I know for sure today people are so back yeah. Playing. So yeah, how how about that second half starts this weekend? Let's see what the Yankees can do with some and new faces, yeah. maybe. Yeah, and so it it should be gearing up to be a a great second half, and of course we have the trade deadline going forward yeah we'll be talking about that coming up as i've already stated trade broke down late last night between the cubs and the braves and the cubs are not done selling just yet it it it's only begun unfortunately but that's just that's just a part of the business of, of baseball as these contenders are are trying to gather assets to help them down the stretch in September going into the playoffs in October. 
so there's a lot there's a lot that's fixing to happen here going towards the end of this month of July and on all the way down through the end of September. So it should be a great second half and I'm looking forward to it, Chris. Okay, we're approaching the end here, but want to do the random page of the day. Went to basketball reference. I got the Boston Celtics at the Dallas Mavericks from February 12th, 2009. Two really good teams here, especially the Celtics this season. No doubt. No doubt c- coming off of that NBA championship run in 2008. Yeah, they were 44 and 11 at this point. Woo! Yeah, but they- also not also not a shocker there no. considering they were the defending NBA champion going into that season. They ended up beating the Mavericks 99-92. to Okay. And the Mavericks were 31-21, and by the way, so no slouch. But Celtics were just great, of course. Yeah, and the, the Mavs were – Mavs were two years away from winning the, from winning the their first NBA championship, yeah. so they were starting to build their championship. Yeah, they were on their way core. up. And so, so yeah, so – that's that's pretty neat there. You've got the defending NBA champion and then a team that two years later would win their first title as their as their championship core was starting to be built there in Dallas. Yeah, it's a sort of an interesting matchup in retrospect. No doubt what was coming. Uh MVP for the Celtics, Paul Pierce, no surprise. Yeah. Thirty one points. Uh, but another great game, uh, Rajon Rondo. Rondo, that's now with the Los Angeles Clippers. He had 19 points and 14 assists. Uh, that, that's really his, good that's game. his game though, yeah. Chris. He, he is, he is the ultimate facilitator, yeah, just, as I like to call him. Which is just huge, of course, to have on your team. He, no doubt about it, he shares the basketball. He gets the rest of his teammates going for sure uh kevin garnett kg 16 points the big ticket which uh he's surprisingly good in uncut gyms by the way if you want to watch a really anxiety inducing adam sandler movie but it's a it's a great film something i still need to see chris you should definitely watch it it's uh adam sandler is his top form acting wise and uh yeah like i said kg is great in it as well Surprisingly, like you don't think of basketball players being the best actors, but he did a really good job. I wonder if Big Perk, Kendrick Perkins, that is doing a lot of cameos on on first take every day and and a lot of NBA analysis for ESPN. I wonder if he was still on that Celtic squad. Big, uh, sorry, Big who? Perk. Big Perk, Kendrick uh, Perkins. Let me see. I don't see him. No. Okay, he probably didn't play, maybe. Uh, but another good game to mention, Ray Allen, 20 points. That was just, what a squad. Yeah. <laughs> the, what a squad for the yeah. Celtics, man. And touching off of our last segment where we talked about how the Cubs only won one championship, it's a darn shame that that Boston Celtics big three only won one championship. Yeah, surprising, like man. because they lost, they lost to LeBron's Cleveland Cavaliers in the 2009 Eastern Conference Final. 
And LeBron, of course, went. That's when he went to his first NBA mm-hmm. finals. And, and was swept by the San Antonio Spurs. No shocker there with their big three. Yeah. And the the great run that they had, the dynasty that they had. But And then in 2010, it looked like they were going to beat the Lakers again to win that their, their second NBA championship under that big three. And Kobe Bryant... Ron Artest, Derek Fisher, Lamar Odom, Pal Gasol said, not so fast, my friend, and, and found a way to, to get it done. And so after that 2010 NBA Finals loss, they were never the same. No. And, 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 of course, they would go on to, to break up. Ray Allen goes to the Miami Heat where he hits that clutch game six shot as the Miami Heat win two in a row. So Ray Allen wins another championship, but not not with those Boston Celtics. Right. And so that's that's really crazy there because the Celtics played in the NBA Finals in 2010. And lost, and that was pretty much the end of their big three. And the Dallas Mavericks, the team that they beat in that contest, the following season win their first NBA championship. So it's very there's a, there's a lot of irony there. A lot of a lot of circles being closed here, <laughs> no doubt. No well, doubt. And, and speaking of the Mavericks, uh, Dirk. Nowitzki. Yeah, I was about to say he had their best game by far, thirty seven points. Yeah. Uh, he, my favorite, one of my favorite players. He had some help from Josh Howard with seventeen, uh, Wright with ten, but the this their biggest issue here, man. Jason Kidd only had three points. Wow! And he played for forty one and a half minutes. And how about this? He is now the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, <laughs> replacing Rick Carlisle, who is now back at Indiana with the Indiana Pacers. Another circle coming full here. But he did have 10 assists, so I'll give him that, but still. Yeah, that that, that was also a, a major part of Jason Kidd's yeah. game was facilitator as well. So, yeah, so, so you've got – I'm sure he was feeding Dirk. No doubt about it. I mean, and, and why, why not? Because he's not only the face of your franchise, but he's the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. And – NBA Hall of Famer, I might, I might add, but obviously one one of my favorite basketball players of all time. From a uh, from me being a fan, and this this is just a fan. This this is not who I rank as the best or or whatnot. But he he and Shaquille O'Neal are my two favorites. From from a fan's perspective, they that, they were my they were my two favorites. Yeah. Every time they were in the postseason, I was I was cheering for whichever team that Shaq was on, of course, but also Dirk. And and what, what talk about irony, Chris? Shaq and and Dirk played each other in the 2006 NBA Final, where Dirk. 
and the Mavs had a 2-0 lead. And the Heat, the Heat won four straight to win the NBA championship. Were you loving or hating that series because you had two – you like both guys in there. <laughs> well, no doubt about it, Chris. It was very difficult to to choose which one, but I I I pulled for Shaq a little bit more. I was I was more happy for for Shaq in a way because mm-hmm. he had just come off that divorce from Kobe Bryant in oh, Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, and and you know that he wanted to prove it to Kobe that he could win a title without him. But Dwayne Wade, en route to his NBA final MVP award was outstanding the rest of that series. So Milwaukee Bucks, <laughs> any of you guys listening, y'all win two in a row. Y'all can join that 06 Miami Heat squad that that were down two games to none and won four straight to win the NBA championship. Came roaring back. No doubt yeah. about it. No doubt about it. Well, yeah, so just wanted to mention, again, basketball reference. This is February 12th, 2009, Celtics over the Mavericks, 99-92. to All right, we'll move on to shout-outs real quick. What you got, J. Mike? I think you got some today. I do. I do, Chris. I This, this came to my attention after Tuesday's podcast, when we had already touched on MLB draft, mm-hmm. and I did not have it with my my other notable draftees, which I touched on the the local guys here in the state of Mississippi, even even though technically they're not from Mississippi, but they played for for the the, yeah. the top Mississippi universities here in the state, right? But this is one that I most recently found out about and it was former northeast mississippi community college tiger alumnus tyler samaniego was he was selected with the first pick of the 15th round of the mlb draft which was 433rd overall by the pittsburgh pirates Samaniego just completed his college career with the Sun Belt Conference champion, the South Alabama Jaguars. Huh. Okay. So congratulations to Tyler Samaniego on being selected by the Pittsburgh Pirates, getting to continue his playing career at the, the professional at the, level. At the professional level. Yeah. Okay. Also another interesting player came to light that I was not aware of out of that same MLB draft that I did not touch on Tuesday. And that was the son of Dusty Baker. Oh yeah. I saw Darren this. Baker. And if you do not remember Darren Baker, go back to the all the way back to the two thousand and two World Series game where JT Snow is rounding third, fixing to score, and Darren, a a very, very, very young Darren Baker decides very to short. <laughs> decides to run out to home plate. Thank goodness for JT Snow being aware that he was he he was he was there. Yeah, he like snatched him up. Exactly. He snatches him up by one hand. I mean, 
just from the from the neck it 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 about looked like from the from the collar the collar of his jacket mm-hmm. it just snatches him up because that that was a that was a big hit in that game for sure because the 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 bases were loaded and not only was JT Snow going to score, but the guy from second was going to score as well. And so Snow made a heads up heads up deal to get to get Darren Baker away. And the last thing you need is a toddler at home plate as a play is about to go down with the catcher and, oh my and the gosh. runner. Because that oh. that's back whenever that you could have the collision with the catcher. Oh yeah. On, it, on the on the bang bang play at home. Some brutal plays, man. So, yeah, credit J.T. Snow from getting Darren out of Dodge or what what would have been a a awful scene there in the World Series. But he was drafted in the 10th round by the Washington Nationals. So Dusty Baker's son, Darren, will also continue his career at the at the professional level. Okay. And one more shout out I would like to do is to my all-time favorite Memphis Grizzly basketball player from a from a fan's perspective once again. He has a birthday today. The Z man himself, Zebo Zach Randolph. So happy birthday to Zebo, Zach Randolph. Happy birthday to fo- you, the former Memphis Grizzly great and and my my favorite Grizzly of all time. So happy birthday to Zebo today uh. on, on our anniversary show here, yeah. Sport Fanatics. How about that? Coincidental. Uh, so that's that's all I've got. All right. Shout out wise, Chris. Well, and I, I've got a quick one myself. Uh, NASCAR silly season marches on. Had a lot of news yesterday. Uh, first of all, Austin Cindric is going to drive the number two car for Penske next year. Uh, not a huge shocker because we thought that Brad Keselowski was going to leave that ride, and that confirms it. Uh, it looks like Brad will be going pretty well. We're pretty confident he's going to be going to Roush Fenway Racing. Uh, he's going to be a part owner there. So it'll be an owner-driver type deal going. Uh, another news that was a little bit less expected is that Harrison Burton is going to go to the Wood Brothers next year, which will push Matt Benedetto out of that ride. So not really sure where Matty D will be next year. Will he be in a top Xfinity ride or in a sort of mediocre cup series car or maybe better? We'll, we'll see. But that was really the, the two big stories. Oh, we also heard that uh, Hendrick has extended Kyle Larson's contract, which, I mean, no surprise. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a, what a great way to keep him in the saddle. Yeah, which, I mean, neither one of them wants to move anywhere at this point. So... Yeah, because they're they're both having great success, right? So that that's just sort of some updates in the NASCAR silly season. So congrats to those drivers who are moving up and getting new rides and exploring new 
times in their career. Well, that'll do us for episode nine of the Sport Fanatics podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Sport Fanatics, just like it's spelled uh, on the, the the title of the show. Where can they catch you, J. Mike? You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Same handle, of course. It is at J underscore Mike Check. And feel free to add me as a friend on Facebook. I want to thank thank all of our listeners that have tuned in to us for a month now. We, Chris and I, cannot thank you enough for for tuning in and 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 being a part of our show. And we, I I know. Speaking of another shout out, I'm I'm sorry, Chris. A, a late you shout good. out here, but I want to shout out my my longtime friend Tucker Stafford, who who texted me earlier this morning and and told me that he had been listening to to the podcast oh. and, and he 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 wanted me to tell you what up, Tuck. Glad you're listening, he buddy. Wa- he wanted me to tell you that he has enjoyed the show. He, he he said that we're doing a good he said that we're doing a good job so I certainly do appreciate Tucker Stafford and and all of our listeners as well that have tuned in to the Sport Fanatics podcast here. Yeah, thank you, thank you guys. You uh, you listeners here in this first month, you can be the hipsters who you know. Hopefully, when <laughs> the show continues to grow, hopefully we'll we'll be here in the future and, and y'all can be the hipsters that were here from the very beginning <laughs> oh no doubt about it and and guys that have been listening to us from from day one if you ever have any topics that you would like for chris and i to discuss and, and talk about please feel free to let us know on these social media platforms because there's there's some days where we're actually looking for content to talk about on the show. So once again, not only add us on social media, but but please feel free to interact with us and oh, yeah. and, and, and tell us tell us about how how we're doing on the show and and if you if you really like it and have something that you would like for us to dive into you know I'm all about it and I'm sure Chris would be oh all sure. about it as well yeah. and well and again thank you so much for listening because I mean J Mike and I have fun talking about sports either way and this, but, and this is definitely something that we've always wanted to do right so and, and it it's a lot more fun with y'all listening in and enjoying no the, doubt. the podcast. So we really appreciate everyone who's who's checked us out. No so doubt far. about it. But so where where can they find you at, Chris? Oh, well, I'm Christopheles Eleven on Twitter, Chris Topholes One One. Uh, that's really the the main and only social media I use. So you can catch me there. Uh, thank y'all for listening today. Yes, th- Our- thank you guys so much for for a great month now. Yeah, we are absolutely thrilled that that you all have 
took times out of your your busy days i'm sure to to tune in and and we hope that we have given you some some great insight on a multitude of of topics and and discussion and and we certainly hope that we have been able to have given you a a a a really good break out of your daily lives and 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 have put a smile on your faces and we certainly look to continue doing so as this train is just going to keep keep yeah. going it's going to keep rolling and it's it's not going to stop anytime soon as we move I've, into the future that's right because I, I certainly have enjoyed it and once again thank you chris for always getting the show together oh you're welcome thank you with, for joining uh, me with with everything that you do and as always i'm just thrilled to be a part of this and just thank all of you guys for for listening to us as we as we keep this thing a going yeah y'all have a great weekend and we'll catch y'all again on tuesday see you guys then and have a great weekend